It's time for East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik. Brought to you by GovTech, your government technology insurance company. Check them out at GovTechInsurance.com. And by Accelerate Solutions, providing enterprise security, digital transformation, and strategic consulting. Magulik and welcome to East Coast Hustle, a show about just that, life's never-ending hustle in business, family, and your human network. Every show, through the authentic experiences of our guests, will dive into the mystery of success by looking failure right in the eye. Why? Because those who hustle often find a way to get what they are after, or even something unexpectedly better. As you meet our guests, our promise is to give you a personal inside view into the lives of people who have won and lost, who have been to the bottom and managed to come out on top, sometimes more than once. With that, allow me to introduce you to our guest today, Shannon Roberts. It's my pleasure to welcome Shannon today because I know that you'll be blown away by her story. Shannon is the CEO of Brand Builders and also a professional EOS implementer, which she'll tell us more about later. Shannon is an entrepreneur whose world came crashing down around her as she watched her business crumble within days before her eyes. She had to fire her best friend and business partner, and among those, even employees who were pregnant. She faced every type A successful person's worst nightmare and lived to tell about it in a refreshingly honest voice. I'm inspired by what we can learn from her. Shannon, thank you again for being here today. Uh, what I'd like to ask you is if you could tell us in your own words those scary events that turned your world upside down not even two years ago. Yeah, so we're about to come up on that anniversary, actually, and uh, I was flying back from Napa on a flight, um, you know, that's a long flight from California to Maryland, mm -hmm. and when I got on the plane, we had 1,050 events scheduled for that month. And this is with Brand Builders? Brand Builders. So we do event marketing in the wine and spirits industry, and we staff anything that our clients are doing. Okay. And obviously, St. Patty's Day is a big weekend for us, <laughs> I so we had a lot of events coming up, and... 1,050 events in the morning, and the cancellations were rolling in while I was on the plane. Like, I was getting the emails from the plane Wi-Fi. And, you know, just powerless to call anybody, do anything. So hundreds of cancellations came in in five hours. Why? What was the reason? COVID. COVID's coming. COVID shut down. The world's shutting down. Um, live events. So we do live events, in-person events. Some of my clients were really, I mean, truly wonderful and gracious where they're like, We'll get through the weekend. Like, I know you've got all these people staffed. They're expecting to get paid. Right. We'll do it through the weekend. Some clients were like, it's gone today. So that was a Thursday. By Friday, again, more cancellations, more cancellations. I had clients calling me at 5, 10 on a Friday saying, cancel everything. And I was like, they're already at the stores right now doing their jobs. Oh, Shannon. I was like, so you want me to tell them imagine. to leave? They're already there. I cannot yeah. even imagine what was going on in your heart and mind as you're on that flight. Yeah, so the weekend kind of goes by in a blur. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think, like, what are we going to do? How long is this going to last? You know, and they kept saying two weeks to flatten the curve. I was like, okay, two weeks. It's probably not two weeks. It's probably a month. And then I'm mm -hmm. calculating, like, okay, if Cinco's canceled, Easter's going to be affected. 
will we be back by Cinco? And in my head, we always would be. We'd be back by Cinco. Right. And that was probably the what kept it, it, you like going. That was a far goalpost for me. Like, oh, we'll be we'll be back by Cinco. <laughs> this May is temporary. Like, yeah, yeah, this is just a fluke. It was yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's five days passed. A lot of sleepless nights trying to figure out could I keep paying people? Mm -hmm. Really doing calculations. Like maybe I'm personally bankrupting myself. Like taking all the money out of the 401ks and the retirement accounts and the kids' college funds and keep Good keeping gracious. the business running. How many employees did you have at this point? At the time, I had. 10 full-time employees okay. as well as almost 400 independent contractors. Good gracious. Yes. Yeah. So, oh my And goodness. I felt a lot of personal responsibility for those people. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is your business. How, how old was the business at this point? At that time, about 11 years. We had, in 2019, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary, so uh, about 11 years. And, you know, in those days, just can't, more and more cancellations. So by the 17th, so between the 12th and the 17th, there were zero events. I mean, it was over, over. And oh my gosh. I'm very fortunate that I belong to an organization called EO. It stands for the Entrepreneurs Organization. And we have small forums. And okay. you become incredibly tight with these people in a way that people that aren't in forum might not understand. And mm -hmm. my forum held like an emergency Zoom for me that mm -hmm. night of the 17th. How and many people were in this uh, forum? It's six of it was six of us, okay. and it became abundantly clear based on just talking through people that had businesses during the recession and mm -hmm. about what my next steps had to be, my very painful <laughs> next steps. So the next morning, I uh, laid off my COO and best friend, and then I called every person on my management team and talked to them personally. Um, one of those young women, it was she was going to tell me that week that she was pregnant. She had been holding it in as a surprise and was going to tell me that week that she was pregnant. So she told me as I'm laying her off. Oh, um, how heartbreaking. It was, I actually thought I was going to vomit. <laughs> it was really that gut-wrenching. She had been working for me maybe for seven years. I mean, she actually started with me in college mm. doing the story. She grew scenes. up with you. She grew up with me, yeah. And mm -hmm. I was just blown away that I was facing that moment. Uh, and it's then, almost like letting your kids go. It was, you know, it's, it, it, the business is your baby. The business was my baby. The yeah. business was my life. I and mean, it, my entire identity was wrapped up in being the CEO of this company. Absolutely. And I, and it's, and, and sorry to interrupt you here. It's like from one entrepreneur to another, uh, unless you've gone down that journey of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and building a business from concept, yeah. you just can't understand truly how personal that is uh, unless you've done it so I mean just hearing you talk about this it's it's, it's devastating devastating and I have so many questions but please continue yeah, so I then drafted the you know oh an email that I struggled to even write and sent that out to the contractors and said I don't know what's happening to the world mm -hmm. or what's going to happen and here's what I know and it was just very raw mm -hmm. would be and honest and um, people actually reached out to me in a way I wasn't expecting. How so? They were like, oh my god, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. Oh, Even though it was happening that. to them, look I had dozens that. of people reach out to me like, I can't believe this is happening to you. Mm. Um, so, you know, and then nothingness. Like, nothing. You know, shutdowns, <sighs> masks, the whole, and Cinco came and went, I mean, in a blink of an eye, and it was obvious that it wasn't coming back. And I can remember very clearly, so we do in-store demos for Wine mm -hmm. and Spirits, and 
Total Wine announced, which is a big place that we do a lot of tastings, mm -hmm. that they weren't doing any more tastings for the month of, for the rest of the year. And that was sometime in June. And my only reaction was just a state of overwhelm that I could hardly imagine. And I went to bed, <laughs> like for the, rest of the, for the rest of the day. I was like, here in bed, here I go. And not my finest hour, but mm -hmm. I was just blown away. And again, another friend from EO told me about something called the Stockdale paradigm. Oh, wait, wait, what's that? I've never heard of that before. So Admiral Stockdale is, well, he was a prisoner of war. Okay. And he survived obviously horrible conditions when a lot of others didn't. And when someone asked him about that, mm -hmm. he very clearly said, I never gave up hope, but I never put a timeline on it. Hmm. So where others in the camp would say, I'll be home by Christmas, I'll be home by my child's birthday, I'll mm -hmm. be home by, and when the when that never happened, they gave up hope. Oh, and so that was causing them to give up causing hope. Causing them the, to give the up milestone hope. Yes, the when deadline. the milestones got missed, yes. they lost hope. And I can see how that would work for, yeah, yes. type so A business type I people. just yes. adopted that, and I said, okay, I built this business during a recession. It's going to come back. I just have to completely let go of the timelines. And I can't imagine how you did this, Shannon. It was not easy for me because I'm what? a control freak. <laughs> That's right. Like I'm listening yeah. to you and I'm like, could I have done that? Yeah. I mean, that just, I don't even understand I, how you. Uh... I don't really think I had much of a choice because you either stay in bed. Yes. Okay. Like I have kids. I can't just stay in bed. Right. Um, so it was stay in bed or work the paradigm. And work the paradigm. Work the paradigm. Stay in bed or work the, the paradigm. paradigm. <laughs> Those I like my that. Two That's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> it was very clear to me. Those are my two choices. Um, so I have to ask you, where in the world did you draw your strength from? Like to move forward with these hard decisions, was it prayer? Did you have a mentor? You talked about EO. Was there a sign from the universe? Because I'm picturing you going through this, and I just feel like, was there a light shining from heaven that said, Shannon? Don't give up. Yeah. Hang in there. Like what? Yeah. Describe this for us. So it was probably two things. The first is I have faced some very unbelievable challenges in my life, and I have come to believe, and I firmly do believe, that the universe is always working in my favor. Wow. And even if in the moment, for the life of me, I cannot figure out why or how, Yes. Um, I hold on to that dearly. You have faith. I have, I like. have a lot of faith that everything's working to my greater good. Amazing, because you, I, I take it because you've seen a pattern over the course of your life where something terrible happened, there yes. was a failure, but somehow you move past that time frame and you're able to look back and say, oh, now I get it. Yes. That's what came resulted of this, or this is how it changed me or shaped me for the next big thing. Absolutely. Is that? Yes. And even and what I've taught myself is that it may not be immediately clear, and I have mm -hmm. to be patient. Mm -hmm. Not exactly my strong suit, but <laughs> I put my patient pants on and know that the universe is working in my favor. You put your patient pants on. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me to buy a pair of those. I don't think I have a pair no, of patient they're, pants. They're minor caprice. They're not very long. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Well. Um, so this is great. So it, it sounds as if the failures of the past, that's where you were able to buckle down and say, I'm mm -hmm. going to get through this. But I mean, this is a pretty dramatic story here. There are a lot of people that you had to let go. You still had to figure out where that next paycheck is coming from. You still had to figure out how am I going to feed uh, my kids, et cetera. So can, what happened after this? I made a couple of strategic decisions in that moment when I was before I actually let everyone go. And the first was that I was only keeping the people that I needed to build the business back. Okay. And that was one and a half people out of 400. And so let me stop you there for a moment. 
I mean, even that to me is just remarkable. I've often said, even in my own business, I'm like, you got to hire the type of person that does five jobs effortlessly. And I think you're one of those people. I'm one of those people. We run our yeah. payroll. We do everything. We do the hiring, the sales pitches, everything. Um, it's, it's, it's remarkable to me that when you look at this team, you're like, okay, it's one and a half people really that is the heartbeat that can get this back on track. So just two months before this, I had actually named my successor. Oh, get out. So it was a young woman, literally in her mid-20s, late-20s. Oh. And um, you know, I, had her, I sat her down and I said, this company's my baby, but I don't want to do the level of mm -hmm. intensity. Mm -hmm. Running an event marketing company is it's, it's a brutal business. It sounds it's, like it's 24-7. and especially weekends, and it's especially everything. Holidays. Yeah, holidays. You never get holidays. <laughs> That's when you're working. Um, so, and it's just the constant calls, like your phone. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, I literally field about 5,000 texts a month. Oh my god. Yeah, so I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. So I, I talked not. to this woman, her name, you know, her name's Michelle, and when I started making the calls, she was the first person I called and I said, I'm about to let the entire company go except you. And my my part time bookkeeper because I knew your, that like twenty something that who's going to yes. be your successor because mm -hmm. obviously it took a lot of care and time to even figure out. I think that's the toughest question for an entrepreneur as well is who could replace you. So I think it was a big win. Maybe in looking back to what you were saying, the sign from the universe, you happened to pick who your number two is going to be before all this before all shakeout this. happened. Yeah. And interestingly, EOS is how I picked her. Really. So EOS has this tool called an organizational checkup. Yes. And you fill out this little quiz, and Michelle's answer is most closely aligned with mine. Oh, my. So it really was an unbiased decision. Yes. Um, I mean, I have a gut. Right, I, of course. Like, she, she, you know, really percolated to the top in terms of somebody that wanted it. Mm -hmm. um, but the scoring kind of solidified my decision. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, um, so Shannon provided me a copy <laughs> about the EOS methodology, a book called Traction. Um, and I don't want to steal your thunder. I know I want to give you an opportunity to talk about this. But uh, I'm reading it right now. And already, for my business, yeah. uh, the D8 group, we're starting to think about this. Um, it's a page turner. Like, I couldn't put it, it down when I first read it. Yeah. it, it you know, when you're a successful entrepreneur, often you're like, oh, I don't need anybody's help. I obviously have good gut instincts. Mm -hmm. That's how I got this far. Who could teach me anything? There's a little bit of that hubris. But truly, looking at this book, I'm like, wow, this is forcing me to rethink. Correct. Yeah. With the scoring, not just depending on the gut, but anyway, yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder on that. Uh, but before we go there, um, please continue with this story. I want to I hear how it played out and how the turning point for you. So one of the other pieces of advice I got, uh, another again, another person in EO, she had a crazy situation where she lost 80% of her business overnight due to a, like a company being sold. And she said the one thing that she knew that worked for her mm -hmm. was a communication strategy with her staff. Okay. So I maintained regular communication with the field team that obviously wasn't working for me, but mm -hmm. I wanted them to hear from me. Mm -hmm. How did you do more, email? Phone it, was, calls? it was email mostly. Okay. Um, more robust communication with key people. Okay. Uh, more frequent, more more passionate, personal. Mm -hmm. um, with everyone, though, I was communicating, like, you're a 1099 contractor, you're eligible for the PPP, I'm helping you, like, here's the steps, I'm watching all these webinars, I'm on an SBA webinar, I'm on this, I'm on this, I'm going to share with you everything that I'm learning. So I did that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. With those key people, um, 
there was a woman that I'm friends with uh, down in San Antonio, and she started making masks before masks were a thing. Oh, really? And she, they were really cute, and they had a heart on them, and it said, in this together. Okay. So, and what she did, she was, it was such an amazing idea. So she, people would buy the masks. Mm -hmm. She would take the proceeds from the sales of the masks and buy gift cards from restaurants to help the restaurant industry, and then she, she would give those gift cards to the homeless shelters. Oh so it was such gosh. a 360 endeavor, and I wanted to support her because I was so impressed with like the thought that went into it. But even the fact that you wanted to help her in your moment of crisis, and the fact that you wanted to communicate with your employees in your moment of crisis, and not just communicate with them, but giving them yeah. tips, passing along the things that you're picking up at, at, on the SBA and others. like. It, it's, it goes without saying. I'm in just sheer admiration oh, of you. you. The more I learn, the more I'm like, wow. Because I can picture myself under the covers of my bed yeah, being crying, like, but not today. And <laughs> nobody see me. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling, you know, so many different things. I can't face the world. But I, it just, it just hits me right in the heart, Shannon. Because to do an act of kindness in your moment of crisis, that's. That's really something else. That's really something else. And and what I'd like to ask you is, do you feel that that almost helped you cope, like taking the attention off yourself and looking at others in your organization and in your ecosystem? I think doing something, because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not a person that can sit still for very long. Okay? <laughs> so, I hear you. <laughs> the, the, there was so little to do mm -hmm. um, that helping those people gave me purpose. Yes, yes. And I needed purpose. Right. Um, so, you know, just like with the mask thing, I mailed masks out to like 70 people and I wrote a note for everybody about like the whole story about what Magali was doing. Mm -hmm. And um, and then people reached out to me. They're like, oh my God. And I, I mean, I can remember specifically one person calling me and she's like, I feel like you're the only person who cares about me right now. Oh, And Shannon. I was just like, oh. Um, oh. How did you, so like how many tears were shed? Because I'm trying to picture you making these phone calls to all of your yeah. people. Like, um, did you get through it with your professional pants on? Or like, or were there tears? And is it okay well, to have tears? I will tell you that my friend and COO, we were on Zoom, you know, because everybody's terrified that they're going to die. And yes, we, because we had spent, I mean, not just every work day together, but like weekends, we would take like girl trips to Chicago. I mean, I mean this is real this bonding. Is, this is real, yeah. you know, she was my people. And we missed each other so much. We could, And we're on this Zoom just ugly crying at each oh. other. Like ugly crying. My kids are looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but just the... The isolation, yes. the, the depression, the depression, the, the uncertainty. I mean, we were just, we just let it be real in that moment and just all the ugly crying. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Was that, do you recommend that? Do you the ugly crying? Yeah, yeah, let it out. Um, like, do you recommend that authenticity? Because sometimes it's like, wait a minute, like I was joking around about the professional pants. We're trained in that way that, hey, when it's an HR situation, yeah. you're, you're trained to deal in a certain way, unemotional, detached from your team. But this is interesting because, so you, you would say, hey, let it out. Well, I would say that I was very careful. Like the person that I ugly crying to, she wasn't someone who was ever going to judge me negatively. She was in your okay? inner circle. She's in my inner circle. Okay. I, would I do that in front of a client? Would I do that in front of a... And a rank and file employee? No, I wouldn't have. Yes. Um, I wouldn't have. Now, I was really honest in some of these emails that I sent about the time I'm spending with my children, how I felt about the uncertainty, mm -hmm. um, so that people didn't feel disconnected from me. I wanted to try to maintain some level of connection with mm -hmm. these people. Um, 
both because, again, it gave me purpose, but I was being realistic. I needed these people to come back when the lights went on. But, but see, just the <laughs> fact that you said that, just the fact that you said that, that speaks again to your faith. Yeah, yeah. You when just the said, lights when the yeah, light, when not lights, if. Yeah, yeah. when the lights when come the back lights on. When the lights come back on, you always knew that. And yeah. that's what I find so fascinating in this hustle. You know, that's the whole point of this show. I, I just think that... Uh, you're just wired. Well, there was a, a ton of hustle to get the business back because yeah. these big companies that are my clients were very content to sit on the sidelines because they're saving liquor, money. <laughs> they're not just saving money; they're making money hand over fist. These people are drinking liquor out of like home. crazy. Okay, so I know our alcohol consumption certainly went up during yeah, that time. So <laughs> the liquor stores are killing it, and they're like, "Let's, we'll just wait and wait and yeah. wait and wait." And yeah, like, enough with the waiting. Like we have to get yeah. back to this. So. Um, I have a network of people that do what I do in other parts of the country, and one of those women was in Texas, mm -hmm. and um, she told me that her stuff was coming back, and I was like, oh my God, we've got nothing, and her world is coming. And so then I was like, well, I, I'm going to make this happen. So I reached out to local distributors that I had good relationships with and said, you know, Texas is back, and oh. you're in the same company as that company that's in Texas. Yeah. And there was a lot of residents. Some people shut me down entirely. They're like, oh. it's just not going to happen. You need to wait. You need to wait. But... I was really diligent with this one particular distributor, okay. and we we got a handful of events at the end of September. Can and you, I mean, can like maybe sixteen, like a Damn. handful. But handful. still, I mean, yeah. So talk about the diligence because I think that's the core of the hustle. That is the core. Like, would the average person go out there and say, "Damned if I don't get these"? Events. Like, can you tell us a little bit how you got that to happen? So we we did certain things that we thought would make people want to do it again. So, for mm -hmm. instance, we have custom software, and uh, the the people in our field use a mobile app to report their data back to us. Okay. So we actually created a health screening within the mobile app, so that before anybody went and did a tasting, they had to pass the health screening. That mm -hmm. way, we knew we weren't sending somebody who was like infectious into the right. into the accounts. So that was one thing we did. We changed procedures, protocols. We made signage. We changed verbiage in terms of confirmation emails. Like on our side, we were super buttoned up. So that's how I spent some of the summer is like bulletproofing yeah. ourselves from people, you know, from potential clients going, well, what about this? And what right. about that? Like, you know, it was hand sanitizer and gloves and anything they needed. Any questions? We had it ready to go. Pop up. Yeah. So we felt like we were very solid there. The person that I was speaking to was, again, very reticent, but I, the liquor industry is just everybody knows everybody. Okay. I mean, when it's a very tight knit community. So sure. I happen to know that this one individual was very good friends with the woman who I know down in Texas, mm -hmm. and I pulled the friend card. You know, you got to pull the card at the <laughs> it, right time. It was the only piece of ammunition I had. You um, use what you have. I, and I did, yeah. And you talk about the tight-knit community. I mean, there's so many correlations to government, the government contracting industry, too, here in D.C. Yeah. that you know we're so embedded in. Um, there are friendships. There are alliances. And you try not to misuse or overuse, but this was clearly one of those situations. It, where, it felt like do or die in that moment because yeah. our busy season is September, October, November, December. And okay. I knew if we didn't come back then, it would be six more months or more before we'd come back. Right, right. So I felt like... Because I really thought, okay, September's coming, the yeah. events will come. It's mm -hmm. it's the busy season. They're gonna they're gonna. They have and then, to. And then nothing came. Oh lord. So that's when I knew I had to like 
yeah. force the issue. Yeah. But you know, again, there's so many pieces of this that I love. You made it bulletproof. You buttoned it up. You yeah. had to anticipate in a totally unprecedented, unchartered time and territory, what could be those objections? And how can we address those concerns before the client even yeah. brings it up? So there's so much salesmanship that goes into that, so much thought um, I really admire. And it's like when you hear stories like this, it's like, hell yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. it was, you deserve that win. It was a tremendous struggle, but I yeah. would say that, I mean, business is obviously back and not in all of our territories. Mm -hmm. um, Maryland and DC is stronger than ever. Um, Virginia, because this, the government runs the alcohol, there's still no tastings in the state of Virginia. Mm. Um, I actually wrote the governor of Virginia a letter last week about that. You <laughs> I go. figured it can't hurt, right? You Somebody go, needs to hear my yes. um, But Shake yeah, those so, trees. Yeah, Make so it we're happen. still waiting for Virginia to come back online. Okay. We'll be back with more East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, after this brief timeout. For all of my friends in the government contracting business, I want to tell you about a company I know well, led by one of our guests on East Coast Hustle, Kevin Fitzpatrick at GovTech. Kevin and his team are experts in liability issues that face the GovCon industry. Now, back to East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, and today's special guest, Shannon Roberts. So let me ask you a couple other things. Um, and I don't know that I would call this failure, but did, did this hurt your pride? And did you have any haters who discouraged you during this time? I would say it definitely hurt my pride. Um, like I said, mm -hmm. a huge chunk of my identity is being the CEO of a company. Mm -hmm. um, not, not my favorite thing to reveal, but in true authenticity, when my one child, I think it was my son, was very young, mm -hmm. they, it's a Mother's Day thing, like, I love my mother so much, and what I, you know, what my mother's best at, and he wrote work. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> <so> terrible. <laughs> yeah, he was four. Um, I don't know that that's terrible, though, but I, of course, that's a whole conversation yeah, right. for another, it's show. another show. Right. Mom guilt. Uh, mom guilt. It was, it was real, so I was like, oh, best at work. What my mom loves most is coffee, and what she's best at is work. Um, yeah. I say it's a compliment, <laughs> Shannon, yeah. because I'm, I face the same thing. Like, the kids see me as a businesswoman, and they see me hustling and building my business, I take it as a compliment. Yeah. I and, do. And now, I mean, now that my children are teenagers, yeah. my daughter wants me to write a book. Like, she's <sighs> just so supportive. She's and your she's, fan. Yeah, and she's a huge <laughs> fan. Yeah, so which is great. It feels wonderful. Um, so were there some haters during this time? There weren't haters for me personally or the way I was approaching anything, but mm -hmm. there were people that were so, like, tough shit about everything. What do you mean? You know, when I would approach clients or when I would approach distributors, mm -hmm. they're like, tough shit. Like, I can't believe just like, sit on the sidelines and wait. I mean, yeah. it was literally like sit on the sidelines and wait. You're not my problem. Wow. I got a lot of you're not my problem from. And did that surprise you? Like, did you think that the relationship was more uh, sincere and cordial than it was? And then that was like your reality was, moment? In some respects, it was definitely a surprise. But if I think about and talk to my practical side of myself, it shouldn't have been mm -hmm. because. I have definitely seen some very ugly sides of the liquor industry, mm -hmm. and so knowing that that's 
there and it's an undercurrent. Um, yeah, I'm read, practically it wasn't a surprise. Per personally, it definitely was. Yeah. yeah, but you're stronger for it now, right? It's kind of like I'm smarter a, for it for sure. Know yeah. thy environment. Mm -hmm. Know yeah. know what you're really yeah. in. Yeah. Um, so here we're kind of in the D.C. market, Virginia, Maryland, D.C. In this status conscious D.C. market, let's mm -hmm. just say it, right? Where people are very concerned about appearances and what they share with others. Am I successful? Am I projecting success? It's a very status conscious place. It definitely is. It, yes. I used to live in Northern Virginia and I actually moved to Baltimore. For that, that might reason. have been one of those reasons. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been but I mean, it's politics, right? We have yeah, politics I, I right on it, our yeah. backyard. It's yeah. all about saying the right thing, saying it with the right words. So my question to you is, why are you so comfortable being vulnerable and sharing your story? And how do you stand so strongly in the face of scrutiny? What is that? Um, what is this at your core, Shannon, yeah. that makes you be this way? Because this is, this is very scary to others to even have the guts to talk about this. So I think one of the things is I've always been told I'm honest to a fault, and people don't usually mean that nicely. <laughs> it's not a compliment. It's not a compliment. That is not a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I have this like way about me where I just really have trouble pretending like something's okay when I don't think it is, and I'll say it. Um, no poker face. No poker face, yeah. <laughs> Maybe resting bitch face, but no poker face. <laughs> um, but the authentic part comes from, I think, a journey I've been on for maybe maybe since like 2015. Okay. Um, in 2015, I read an amazing book called The Desire Map. The Desire Map? Okay, um, I'll have to write that one down. written by a woman named Danielle Laporte. And okay. Um, it really changed the way I thought about the journey I was on. Okay. And that, um, you know, and I also had a female entrepreneur coach who put a couple of really great tidbits in my head that are there pretty much, which one of them is stop talking so negatively to myself all the time. Mm -hmm. And the other one is that people who mind don't matter and people who matter don't mind. Oh, wow. And so that one, I tell my kids that, you know, it's... Yeah. I tell good friends that when they're upset about something is people who mind don't matter and people who matter don't mind. Wow. Well, you know, it's like we're fed all these beautiful sayings. We see these inspirational quotes all the time, but you, you had to believe it. Yes. And, and you were given the opportunity to really say, oh, this isn't just a nice, uh, these aren't, these aren't nice words that I put together to make myself fool myself, but you had to believe it and live it. And live I mean, it. this is a you know, walk the talk. Exactly. Yeah, it's a walk the talk. So share with us what is the biggest lesson that you learned and what would you advise to other entrepreneurs who are maybe going through this exact same situation right now? So the biggest lesson is probably something I already knew, which is mm -hmm. go with your gut. Okay. Like in the end, when people were pushing back, I know I had to keep pushing forward. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've made big decisions in my life based on that gut, and when I and when I haven't followed it, I've paid dearly. So it is go with your gut. Interesting. Um, when you don't listen to something deep inside of you, and what was telling me deep inside of me is that I just needed to keep pushing. Wow. Um, and then the most advice I would give is get out of your own head. Oh my gosh, how hard is that get for us? Get out of your own head. And I don't know that it's a yeah. wo woman versus man issue. Boy, we are in our heads. Yes. Uh, so I kept, you know, 
the sleep. I mean, I wasn't sleeping, and yeah, you know, and and you can't sleep because of and I can't sleep because it's so much in my head, right? Yeah. So I, I had to get out of my own head, and I had to find a place of gratitude for where I was. Wow, that must have been hard. It's. I think it's easier when you're sitting on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> Were you on the beach? I spent that summer on the beach. Smart lady. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's easier when you're sitting on the beach. Um, but I had to. You know, I just really had to get in a place of gratitude, which is my kids are healthy, mm-hmm. and I've got an amazing family and an awesome support system, and the opportunity to rebuild. As opposed to, like, you know, one of the things I had decided was if I was going to have a company for people to come back to is why I had to make very swift decisions. Mm -hmm. So fail fast. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Fail fast. Fail fast. Fail fast is is the lesson. Fail fast. I love that. Well, the other part of that equation that you just mentioned, and I'm, I've always believed, is making quick decisions or just making decisions at all. Mm-hmm. So my, my one of my mantras is even a bad decision Correct. is yep. better than no decision at always. all. And folks are just stymied. Mm-hmm. They're paralyzed. Uh, what is it? P- paralysis by analysis? analysis? Yes. That is just a killer. <laughs> Make a freaking decision. decision. Just Pick it, draw the lines, and move forward. And if it's wrong, that's okay. You can correct and make a different decision. But yeah, I think yeah. it's too, the, yep. you fail mentioned fast. fail fast, fail but fast. also make quick decisions. Yeah. We'll be back with more East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, after this brief timeout. On this show, I never promote executive leaders and companies that I don't know well. My friends and colleagues at Accelerate Solutions are truly gifted experts across the company's three service areas, enterprise security, digital transformation, and strategic consulting. Accelerate optimizes efficiency and effectiveness and enhances the security of America's physical and cyber infrastructure, as well as personnel. Agencies as large, complex, and important as the FBI depend on Accelerate. To learn more, visit AccelerateSolutions.com. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E Solutions.com. Now, back to East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, and today's special guest, Shannon Roberts. Now, I want to turn shift gears. Tell us your success story. What is your life today? What is your business today? Tell us about EOS. Tell us about brand builders. So uh, I read the book Traction, mm-hmm. and I finished it on a Friday, and by Monday, I came to my team and said, we're doing this. Wow. And <laughs> people that work for me are very used to me figuring out there's a better way to do something and saying, we're doing a 180, and we're doing this now. And, so, and they trust you. They just get in line behind you. If you're not comfortable with that kind of dynamic environment, Brand Builders is not the place for you. <laughs> right. Everybody knows it. When that, I mean, I'm very transparent about that during the hiring process. Good, good. Um, so we started implementing it. We started getting done more in two weeks than we were getting done in whole quarters before. I just couldn't believe the lift it gave my team. Are you serious? Connection. This sounds like magic. It, it felt like magic. And <laughs> honestly, as an EOS implementer, we train ourselves to tell teams, like, this is not a magic pill. Mm-hmm. But when it's happening, it feels like it. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a magic pill. You, you have to work it. Like, you can't just snap your fingers. It's not right, a magic pill. Right. Because there's real work. The work it. has to yeah, go into it. But yeah. when it's happening, you just feel like, mm-hmm. So... You know, I knew what the power of EOS, I knew what it could do for companies firsthand. Mm-hmm. 
um, Brand Builders is a women business certified company, and mm -hmm. WeBank was putting on a cohort for EOS. So, and you know, it's May. I have nothing else to do. So I participate in the cohort. And oh wait, when you say you have nothing else to do, you mean like the business is running on oh, its own wheels? No, no, no. So this was the May of COVID. So oh, there's oh, nothing so, to do. So, so the opportunity like, was there. Correct. So I was like, I have time for this. Whereas otherwise, I would have never had time for this. Isn't that funny how the okay. universe works? Yes. So the universe is opening the window for me. Yeah. And so I participate in the cohort, and I thought, oh, I really like this, and um, and that's when I investigated becoming a professional implementer. And so that mm -hmm. summer, I went through their boot camp, which mm -hmm. is kind of their certification process, and um, and then I started doing EOS. So you were now able to apply it to your own real business. I did, and so now I help entrepreneurial companies mm -hmm. run a better business. Um, we look to train people on three things, which is we help them on vision, which is okay. making sure people know where they're going and how mm -hmm. they're going to get there. Um, traction, which is the name of the book. Right. Uh, so that's injecting real discipline and accountability in the mm -hmm. way most companies have never experienced before. Right. And healthy. Uh, mm -hmm. So Patrick Lencioni, he's a pretty famous um, business author, and he has something where he says like most teams spend all their time working on becoming smart, which like better what they do, mm -hmm. better what they do, better delivering their product or service, but precious little time becoming healthy, which is more cohesive as a leadership team. Mm -hmm. And the difference between companies that really succeed and want to beat their competition and fail is teamwork. Oh yeah. So it's about really developing that solid foundation. I, I, like I said, I haven't finished it yet. Thank you for sending me the copy, but I feel as though it's already transforming how I look at my own business. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I think I'm at the chapter where uh, it's uh, discussing picking your perfect client. Yes. Um, <laughs> and of course, I'm thinking, well, I know who my client is, yeah. federal government contractors. But you've really got to get more granular yes. because it informs every piece of business. And there are some clients that you actually have to say, this is not a fit. This is not the ideal. Let me uh, narrow my focus, narrow my messaging, narrow my marketing strategy. Um, it, it, there's a lot of good practical. Yeah. I mean, focus is everything for an entrepreneurial company because you have yeah. limited resources. So if you liken it to the analogy that the sun rains down 100 billion kilowatts of energy mm -hmm. on the, the earth every day, and if you don't wear your sunscreen, the worst thing that happens to you is you get a sunburn. Mm -hmm. A laser, mm -hmm. micro amounts of the same amount of energy but because it's focused, it can cut through steel, diamonds, et cetera. So the focus is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's hard, too, because if, depending on where you are in your stage of entrepreneurship, uh, first of all, it takes guts. You know, no guts, no glory. Yeah. And that... Uh, uh, frame of that person who has that mindset kind of thinks they can do anything. And plus, when you're starting off new, you're scrappy. Yeah. You'll take whatever clients you can get. So um, it, it does require transformation of thinking. So I think that's very good. Um, I just have a couple more questions for sure. you. So in a recent LinkedIn post, you shared that you were passed up for a promotion that you deserved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your response to this was, to quit and venture out on your own. Can you share some of the details of this story with us? Because I think that's very fascinating and I think a lot of people are teetering on the edge yes. of that same precipice. So um, again, working in the liquor industry at the time, I worked for a company mm -hmm. and to me there was definitely a very clearly defined path to work, up, work your way up the ladder. Mm -hmm. um, I was incredibly competent at my job. In fact, I would say I excelled. Mm -hmm. And this position became open in the, in the Maryland, D.C. market. And I thought for sure I would be, at, at a minimum, asked to interview. Oh, yeah. Even if I didn't get the job. Right. I, I mean, guaranteed, I know the market. I've been You're working like, for this company for years. Hello, like, who I'm else? going to get, yes. I, in my head, I was. I was like, um, this is unnatural. But 
I, I, I didn't get the offer to interview. So I went to my VP and I said, what the it's hell? pretty odd to me yeah. that you're not even offering me. And his response to me was, Shannon, you're pregnant. <gasps> no, he did not and in my say head, that to you. Are you kidding me? And in my head, no way. I was what like, year I was could this? sue you for this. Yes, you could have. What I year, could have. What um, year was this? I have to think. It had to be like 07 or 08. Probably 08. Un- yeah. Freaking the 21st century. This happened in the 21st yeah. century. Yes. <laughs> I was like, was this the 80s? When did this happen? No, this happened in the 21st Unbelievable. century. Unbelievable. Um, and in that moment, I I knew that this wasn't a place I wanted to work for. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wasn't being respected for the work I did. Mm-hmm. And they ended up putting a man in that position that not only was terrible at his job, but had a known addiction problem. Unbelievable. And, what? Um, but he was a man. Oh, and gracious. that's when I was like, oh, it's time to roll. <laughs> you know, I, I started making a mess. And, you know, I didn't quit immediately. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm practical. I'm like, You're I need smart. this, I need this job right now. But I started laying the groundwork, exactly. figuring some things out. And um, But that was, the, that was the turning moment. That was the moment that I'm like, this is not the place for me. Right. Yeah. I just want to make one little side note. Ladies, <laughs> anybody out there that's right now pregnant or thinking about becoming pregnant, I did my finest and hardest work while I was pregnant. Because All you're trying to prove up. yourself. Yes. yes. Like you, you have so much to yes. push through. And yeah. I look back in time, I'm like, wow. Because you're on a deadline. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to get stuff done. Yeah. So please, if you're looking to apply for a job and in your mind you're thinking, well, I'm about to plan my family, please don't let that hold you back. It is yes. not a factor. Lean in. It is not a factor. Lean in. Absolutely. Um, Wow. Okay. Great, great story. And uh, congratulations to you. Thank you. You landed. You exceeded. And I'm now, I kind of had the best of both worlds. So I'm still the owner of Brand Builders. Yes. Um, Michelle is mostly running the day-to-day. It's been a training process. Mm -hmm. Um, She's actually pregnant. (laughs) There you go. She's due any day. Like, I'm like, tomorrow, my birthday. I don't know my birthday. (laughs) I want to share a birthday with the baby. She's due any minute. Um, (laughs) And... You know, and then the, my best days are actually spent with my EOS clients, mm-hmm. helping them run a better business. And the, the gratitude that comes from these teams because they can see the mm-hmm. progress, they can feel the lift, just like I did when I started doing EOS. That's the best reward of all. I was yeah. going to say that's the reward in itself. Yeah, it's it's just the best way to spend a day. Bravo, yeah. Shannon Roberts. It. Bravo. Thank Hats you. off to you. <laughs> what an amazing story. I think that a lot of people, the story is going to resonate. It really is. So I thank you for being so honest. It's hard to find people who will speak so honestly and authentically about their failures and successes and fears. So bravo to you. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to being here with you today. Absolutely. I really want to thank Shannon for being our first guest on East Coast Hustle. The reason for the hustle is that when you're flat on your back, how do you stand up? Clearly, hustlers and survivors are cut from a certain cloth. We could choose to be the victim. We could choose to run and hide and be shamed. For those who usually win, failure can often be an insurmountable blow, possibly the only blow that would keep us down. However, as we all know, losing is a part of winning. So keep hustling. Never give up, never settle, and never stop chasing your dreams. And always, always buy a great shoes. <laughs>